Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Mary Naden, an Alexander Technique teacher as well as a voice, speech, and presentation coach uh, who lives in Tacoma Park, Maryland, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. And we're going to talk today about how the Alexander Technique can uh, help speakers and presenters and how, how it fits in with the work that she does. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi there, Robert. Nice to be here. Good to have you on the show. Um, could you begin by giving our listeners a short description of the Alexander Technique? Sure. I knew this was going to be a test, so I, I thought about this just a little bit. Well, the really short version is, I think the Alexander Technique is a way of thinking and thinking through your body to give it a sense of presence and ease and freedom. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And yeah. we should maybe just say that it is a hands-on teaching method. Teachers use their hands as well as words to, to use their hands to guide students. Absolutely. And, and of course, the, the, the hands-on part is part of helping students to think. Exactly. And the emphasis is always on students taking responsibility for themselves. I mean, yes. it's, a, it's a self-help method. We are teachers, not, not therapists. So I think I need to also ask you to give a short description of what a, a presentation, a voice, speech, and presentation <laughs> coach does. Sure. Well, uh, I'll give you a little background because my you know, about how I sort of came into this, because I was an actor. I started out life as an actor. And I found that all of my major creative breakthroughs when I was in graduate school, getting my MFA, really came through the voice work, which was a tradition that was handed down to my teacher from Kristen Linklater. She's one of the, you know, the best teachers in the known universe. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. um, and her work was, I think, really groundbreaking because it was so... Um, whole person and body based so um and i think that the alexander technique is really woven into the fabric of of her teaching and therefore you know all of her teachers teachings as well mm -hmm. so uh it was kind of there okay mm -hmm. so coming back to this so what do i do so uh, there i was as an actor finding out that you know that really freeing my voice really freed all sorts of other creative impulses, and it kept me very um, open and free and able to uh, not experience vocal strain in performing situations. And then, so I wanted to teach it because I thought it was so great that I wanted to figure out how to do it so I could give it to others because it worked so well for me. So um, I did. I became a teacher, and, um, and for a long time I taught really just actors. And that seemed a little bit stingy because I think the work is so great for everybody. Um, you know, it, it isn't just actors that have vocal problems. It isn't just actors that feel that, they, that their voice doesn't really represent who they are. And so I expanded into, you know, the world of anybody who really needs to speak in, in the public arena mm -hmm. or even just interpersonally. Mm -hmm. and, and I find that work really rewarding because there's lots and lots of people out there that, you know, really want to find their voices. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and and haven't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, they 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 say that I've heard it said that um, 
fear of public speaking is one of the deepest fears that many people have. You know, I think so. I think I actually read a statistic somewhere that more people are afraid of public speaking than they are of their own death. <laughs> Boy, that's saying a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I'm not going to put that in print, but you know, that's what I had read or heard at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that I address is just fear of public speaking, but and then also just how to... Um, you know, how to really represent yourself best through your voice. So your voice mm -hmm. is part of your body. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, along the way in life, and this is going to sound really familiar when I start talking to, you know, you as an Alexander teacher, along the way, we lose that connection. Mm -hmm. I think people, a lot of people have an idea that their voice is really a product of their heads and their necks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is that um, your entire body is involved. I had a, a, a singing teacher when I was on my training course in England many years ago. I had a singing teacher who was not an Alexander teacher, but she was very versed in the technique. And the first thing she said to me was, you're not singing with your whole body. She said, mm. here, put your hands on my feet and I'm going to sing. And sure enough, wow, there was movement there. So, yeah. um, mm -hmm. so, and of course that ties in with basic uh, Alexander technique concepts pretty, pretty directly. It's, so yeah. maybe then you could, uh, if we could go on to um, specifically how, let's say you incorporate the technique or maybe more generally the usefulness of the Alexander technique for people who... Um, speak for a living or have to speak maybe not for a living but just from time to time sure and have some anxiety about that yeah yeah well you know as i said i mean my belief is that the alexander technique is absolutely woven into the fabric of, of at least the kind of voice work that i do which is really based on Kristen linklater's stuff um it is whole body um alexander technique the, maybe the way that it departs a little bit from um, from the voice technique per se, from Linklater technique, is that um, you, we're really using consciousness a lot more. We're really using thinking um, all the time, really. Mm -hmm. So um, did I go off on a tangent No, there? I mean, that's okay. what Alexander teachers do. We teach people how to think about themselves in movement and posture and so on. Yeah. So I think maybe... Maybe the way this this um, you know ties together is that the that technique the Alexander technique gives us a way to open up the conduits in our body by being conscious about it by by um, allowing ourselves some ease some expansion hmm? mm -hmm. um, so that when we're putting thought you know a thought on our breath which is what communication starts as right mm -hmm. um, it's it's got a conduit it's got somewhere to you know, it's got some way to move. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could elaborate a little on that word allowing that you just used. I think that's a pretty key word when talking about the Alexander process. Darn, did I say allowing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, allowing. Well, allowing. getting out of the way would be, a, I guess, the way Alexander teachers tend to talk about it, getting out of our own way, so that if we have some sort of, a, let's say, a speech issue, it's not so much that we need to learn 
new things. And there may be some new things we need to learn, but a lot of what we need to do is is discover what we're doing that inadvertently that's sure. getting in the way that's blocking sure. Uh, sure. our movements, our voice, our breathing, whatever, restricting them, and just letting go of those. Yeah, so let's call those habits. Those are and habits. Those are habits that we've picked up somewhere along life that we weren't born with. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're not in, inherent. So, um, so we have to kind of strip away the non-essential um, to get to get to essentially what we need to keep ourselves upright, to keep our our breathing happening. Um, Maybe even more than non-essential, uh, harmful. Harmful. Often yeah. harmful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, lo a lot of habits that we acquire are harmful or just not efficient. Mm -hmm. You know, how about that? Yeah, there's some, they're harmful, but harmful is a really loaded word, but not efficient. And why would we want to do anything in, in a way that, you know, takes a lot more work than we really need to, um, to apply to it? And that seems kind of at cross purposes for, you know, how we want to lead our lives. Mm -hmm. So when you work with people as a as a presentation coach, mm -hmm. uh, do you bring Alexander uh, processes into that, or do you keep them separate as a separate thing? I'm gonna maybe you should come for an Alexander lesson. How how do you how do you uh, do that? Yeah, that's such a good question because you know over my training period, which has been recent, you know, I I'm a I'm a fairly newly minted Alexander technique teacher, but I've been teaching voice for 25 years. Mm -hmm. So um, so you know during the course of my training, the Alexander technique started to kind of seep in to mm -hmm. what I was doing with my students, and so now um, yeah, there are you know I see two two kinds of students. One really wants to come you know, to do their presentations and and that's okay. And other people want to do the Alexander Technique because maybe they have, you know, pain issues or, you know, repetitive stress injuries or something like that. But a lot of times there is that middle ground where, um, you know, you can see that it's, that the technique is really useful even if someone thinks they're coming just for, um, you know, for a voice lesson in how to stand in front of an audience. Well, um you know, pretty quickly when you observe somebody and, and you, you know, you see where their, um, where their habits are interfering, he, I want to address that. And so, yeah, I do use the Alexander Technique um, in conjunction with all, with all of the other, you know, voice work and then the exercises and the stuff that I do with my voice students. It's really hard not to, um, to it's really hard to notice interfering habits and not not to you know want to help them on that process of changing those and i think the alexander technique is wonderful for that sort of issue right well i mean for example if you're if you have someone who's come to you for for uh, vocal lessons mm -hmm. and you see that the minute they start to speak they they, they, short they their shorten neck. their neck or they they scrunch their chest in or whatever yeah um as an alexander teacher you, you're kind of uh i mean you look at that and you say well i could teach this person all kinds of vocal skills till the cows come home but unless they deal with that they're never going to really get their full voice exactly so. and that's what's been such a wonderful 
that's the wonderful reason why I chose to, you know, continue to train to become an Alexander Technique teacher as well, because now I, I can incorporate it completely. Right, and, right. Yeah, and, and people come with all sorts of, of, you know, physical holding patterns all the time. And, uh, and the Alexander Technique gives us both a way to um, really address that, really, you know, really spot on and really efficiently. And it's probably worth um, uh, going into ancient history a little bit here. Alexander <laughs> himself, who was, uh, was in fact a reciter. Yes, he was. A Shakespearean he reciter back in yeah. Australia, back uh -huh. in the 19th century, back before there were PA systems. And uh, in his case, he was uh, giving his recitations in large auditoriums with often loud and rowdy audience members. It wasn't uh, Carnegie <laughs> it was Hall. Australians. <laughs> <Or> Australians. <laughs> the, you know, tin miners in Tasmania and that sort of thing. Um, he, his issue was that, of course, he, was, he wanted to get his voice to the back of the hall. But what would happen is that he, while he was very talented, he would lose his voice. He would start gasping for breath. He would become hoarse. And through a series of uh, self-experiments over a period of time... And a lot he, of observation. And a lot of self-observation mm -hmm. using mm -hmm. mirrors, in his case, that was the technology he had available. He made some really crucial discoveries about not just speaking, but human functioning in general. And, of course, the technique today is probably best known um, by people as, as something that can help people with back pain, for example, and stiff shoulders, that sort of right. thing, carpal tunnel syndrome, whatever. Mm -hmm. Also performers in general, musicians and dancers and singers. Um, but its origins were, were uh, from a vocal issue faced by a very, um, a very amazing guy um, 120 years ago, maybe. Yes. So yeah. uh, in that sense, the, you know, there is a long history of voice and Alexander, the uh, uh, voice and the Alexander technique. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's how it began. And in fact, all of the other benefits, the body, I think, were sort of like byproducts, were sort of aha moments because he was originally the breathing chap. People came to right. him. To, right. Yeah, because, you know, they had vocal problems or they had breathing problems, and then other things started feeling better, too. Exactly, yeah. When he got to England, he, he, was, he was in Australia, he became reasonably well-known, moved to London, and as, and as you say, he, he, he was initially known as the breathing man. People would come to him because they, their breathing was restricted, they uh, uh, simply weren't functioning at their full efficiency, and he, yes. was, he was very very good at, at helping them. Now, I, I think it might be interesting for our listeners um, to uh, who are interested in improving their speaking voice. Mm -hmm. You, uh, of course, are a kind of a combination vocal coach and Alexander teacher. Um, most Alexander teachers are not trained to be vocal coaches, particularly, although I think it's also true that most Alexander teachers do work with speakers and singers. Sure, sure they do. So um, if, if someone listening to this is somewhere other than Tacoma Park, Maryland, where you are, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> would you recommend they they uh and they they want to do they want to improve the quality of their voice whether singing or speaking would you would would you have any hesitation in recommending an alexander teacher who perhaps has no particular background in that area no i wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to do that at all because I think that there are some real fundamentals about the Alexander Technique that address things like your breath, which is the start of everything. That's bedrock mm -hmm. um, for, for speaking. I think that uh, a good Alexander Technique teacher is able to really give you a spine. And, you know, having a spine is... Um, I can't think of anything better to have in front of an audience than a spine. Could you uh, maybe elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, we do all have spines. What, when you say <laughs> when you say give someone a spine, could you explain a little bit what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. Well, you know that the Alexander Technique really addresses um, head-neck-torso relationship, and of course that is all about decompressing your spine, right? Mm -hmm. It's a large uh, part of it, yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, well, yeah, it's a large part of it. It's not you know part and parcel of the whole thing. So... Um, really, I think as we practice the Alexander Technique, we come into, we really come into our backs, we come into our spine, and that gives us such a, a beautiful sense of buoyancy and lightness, you know, the, the, those things that we always experience with the Alexander Technique, and, um, and ease. Mm -hmm. Um, and and also, but there's something else there because it's it's there's also there's the real spine, and that I think also gives us our metaphorical spine, our backbone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really think it does um, because when your body, you know, loses its state of habitual tension, it, it you know, wonderful things come out of it. Wonderful things happen, and we don't have time for you know our little scolding brain to go oh no you know this is wrong oh no you can't do this you can't say this you know we've, we've got a backbone that gives us um gives us so much support and presence so ideally we want a spine that's strong and flexible sure and yeah. actually it's interesting i think a lot of people don't have don't really think about this but uh our ribs at, uh, are all attached to our spine yeah. And if our spine is compressed or tight, it makes it tough for the ribs to we, move freely. Exactly. And, and that makes breathing breathe. tricky and that creates go. all and kinds of, it goes on and on. It's um, there's a slippery yeah. slope and, right. we, you know, you can't breathe and you can't speak. Right. <laughs> you can't speak to your fullest extent. So, you know, the the adage of everything is connected Yes, it is. It absolutely. Yep. You've got it, to look at the whole person when you're when you're dealing with voice. Well, and when you're dealing with and, and and just in general, I think when you're having Alexander lessons for any reason, it's very hard to miss that everything really is connected with everything yeah. else because you're confronted with that reality on in a very practical, observable way. Mm -hmm. Pretty much right from the beginning of Alexander lessons. So, whole body—the whole—the term "whole body" is bandied around a lot these days, or mind-body connection, whatever. True. But um, with the Alexander technique, you really get to experience that firsthand. So that's another nice benefit of of lessons. So, Mary, is there anything we haven't uh, touched on that you would like to add before we come to an end? Hmm. Um, I'm speechless. How about that? Wow. 
<laughs> you got I'm a voice teacher. Voice speechless voice I, teacher. We've, yeah, yeah, I think we've kind of I think we've sort of covered it. You know, we could take this into a much longer conversation, but I think this is this is good for you know. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we why don't we end on that note? Um, my my guest today has been Mary uh, Naden, who's an Alexander teacher, a voice, speech, and presentation coach. And I think I forgot to mention earlier on, she teaches uh, voice at the University of Maryland in the theater department and is a speech teacher at the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Is that at the University Actually- of Maryland as well? No, no, no. That's in the that's in Washington D.C. And okay. both of those are um, are past jobs. I now have my own studio. Okay, she I has did. done those things, yeah, and now she yeah, is. Yeah, I did this for plenty of years, studio. and now I've got my own studio in Tacoma Park, which is just on the border of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so you know, real close to our nation's capital. Right. <laughs> so I'll, we'll put a link to uh, Mary's website by the interview if you live in the D.C. area and you're intrigued by what we're talking about. You can contact her. And if you live any, anywhere else in the world, we'll put a link to a site where you can find a teacher in an Alexander Technique teacher in your area. Mary, thank you so much for being on the show. Sure. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Robert.